Median TechCon, the former TechCon, we are recording a live podcast, which is the Tech Review, which happens every week, week normally. And this is a special edition. So we like to inform you that this will go out live. So if you don't want to be seen, then you hide between one of the pillars here. Um, otherwise, we are happy if you interact with the colleagues here. And um, I think I hand over to you because you can explain it much better than me. <laughs> I'm really happy to have you all here again and uh, looking forward to a good exchange. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yes, and welcome to Tech Review, episode 64. I had to look it up. <laughs> it's really great. And last year we were already here on stage and we said we will be back and we are back. <coughs> so thank you all for showing up. Tech Review is a collaboration of Ideas Engineering, Free Tech Academy and Update. So those are us. <laughs> and you, of course. So while we are sitting here and discussing the latest news and the biggest things that happened in the news today or in the last week, uh, you are also invited to join us on the stage. That's why we have like this fishbowl seat over there with the microphone. So if you have an opinion, if you have something to say about the topic that we are going to uh, discuss, just join us and uh, be part of the discussion. Uh, apart from that, uh, yeah, welcome and let's start with our first article. Uh, as, as Daniela just said, uh, this is going to be recorded and live streamed also uh, not only in the internal network but also on YouTube and other social media. So if you do not want to appear there on camera, then please leave Don't come now. here. <laughs> yeah, just don't come here. <laughs> right. All right. Let's start with Tech Review. Usually I have the soundboard and I press a button and we have nice music. But yeah, I, don't I was have missing the music. Yeah. Like we have to do silent dancing. disco or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but let's start with our first article. Uh, and this one is coming from Henrike. From us, actually. From like, us. Because <laughs> we read the same article. Yeah. What a coincidence. And um, it, maybe they want to show it on right. the... Sorry. Camera? Yeah. Uh, we stick to the overall topic of uh, the media and tech con um, dealing with generative AI and ChatGPT. So we hope you're not tired of this topic uh, at this point. Um, we're if going, you are, then be fair with us. Because <laughs> that's actually quite a funny one, maybe not for the person that it's about, um, but uh, it's, a, it's a very relatable uh, incident that happened to a lawyer in the US. Um, he submitted a brief um, to the court because they were suing a Colombian airline and um, they were filing uh, in a case against them, exactly, and the lawyer used ChatGPT to do some research because uh, he wanted to back the case with some similar cases from the past and asked ChatGPT, like, do you have something? Did something similar happen? ChatGPT delivered over a dozen cases and the lawyer did something very reasonable. He asked, like, are these real? And ChatGPT was like, yeah, they are. And here are some sources and everything. And so he was like, looks legit, but it wasn't. Um, they were completely made up. And uh, the opposite side, they obviously found out. And now, actually, I think next week will be a hearing against the lawyer if there will be some precautions, like if he has to, you know, if he can ever file a brief again <laughs> or not. Um, so for him, it's pretty serious. And it's just, 
I mean, we're in a bubble, I guess, all of us, we used ChatGPT heavily in the past weeks and months, and we know that we have to fact check, um, and that not everything that comes out of it is, is really legit, and we can really trust it. But that he, he really used it for the first time, and he didn't know. And although he asked, like, is this for real, um, ChatGPT was just like hallucinating even more, and um, so it ended up in that scenario right now. So. I mean, when we also discussed about, um, I think it was also in a previous tech review where we discussed, like, is, you know, ChatGPT or generative AI replacing human labor? It's kind of, the, the fear is there that it replaces those who cannot deal with it, right? You, you cannot, <laughs> who didn't learn how to, how to work with it. Um, and this is kind of an example where he, obviously, he has to learn. Right, yeah. right. Is there anything in there where you kind of realize, okay, so I have to ask again um, or twice or even thir three times? Because very often when you ask ChatGPT a second or a third time, it eventually mm. um, kind of backs out and says, yeah, well, I'm just a large language model and I'm not quite sure. No, he did. Like, he used it for the first time and he asked once. And then ChatGPT was like, I don't know if we have the screenshot from that other slide that we oh, yeah, right. made. Um, I don't know if you can read it, but he was like, are these real cases? And like, yes. And then there are like <laughs> some sources and that looks legit. Like, and he was like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's, I have a, I have I a more, more basic question actually. And I think it's also included in the article that not only obviously ChatGPT is making up stuff. We see it with all kinds of language models that they are in the end are faking a lot of the information they are giving out. So my question, and I, d I hope it, this is not going too deep, my right question is why, what is the case behind that? I mean, it, 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 to me, from the basic point of view, looking at a computer program, to me it would sound more like a pro computer program checks if it has this information in its databank and it would give back a feedback, something like, uh, I don't know this, I do not have an entry about this. So why do we see across the board making those models, um, oh, why do we see those models making stuff up, stuff, uh, stuff up uh, repetitively? Yeah. Why is that, what, what, is, what is the case? Why is that the way? Tell us, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should, we're all looking at you. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I actually Let's have a great answer for that. And uh, before I give this answer, uh, I just found, uh, like, I just saw that I did not even uh, introduce us, right? I, I was so confused by my missing soundboard. <laughs> you expected all of them already. Yeah, I mean, of course, you all know who we are. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mentioned sure. where we are coming from. But uh, yeah, when I said, like, Henrike, I thought, like, okay, yeah, okay. So you know, this is Henrike. <laughs> you know it now. <laughs> right. And then we have Alex, we have Vincent, we have Chris. My name is Tarek. Usually this is all automated on my board. And so uh, sorry for the confusion. But regarding your question, this is uh, probably the most important question um, and maybe half of you know, maybe, uh, may maybe all of you already know. The thing is, the large language model is basically just that. It's not like this general AI that is actually knowing things. It's just a language model that is trained to use language. And this is exactly what is happening here. And we people, we get confused by that. Because we ask cool questions, we get cool answers. But those, th that's it. Those answers sound cool, and they are calculated at some probability that this order of words probably makes sense. 
And this is exactly what happens here, that um, this language model got trained with a lot of legal cases and legal vocabulary, and somehow this order of words sounds great. Yeah? And even with the questions, are you lying to me, there was a great answer. No. <laughs> no, even though there's no conscious behind that that could actually understand if this is a lie or not. There are ways to circumvent this, but, but this is basically why there are these hallucinations in, mm. in large language. But, but this is different than a hallucination, in my opinion, because it is making stuff up that is just not there. So if it would hallucinate. So if you ask a it about a case like that, and it would give you back an answer that is completely different, I would understand because I would, th I would think, okay, the likelihood of an, of an answer like that is very high, and in the end, it is not very helpful because it is not about, in this case, it was about an airline, mm -hmm. and maybe this is about, um, I don't know, uh, a, a ship company. This would, I would understand, but this is straight up lying. So how, do, how, how come that it is making up information and yeah. just not answering and badly. It's even more than that, right? It's really inventing sources. I mean, this is yes. a bit over the top. Yeah. This is but, not just yeah. the next word in the line. Yeah, but, but if, if we are talking uh, like semantics, uh, it's not, not true what you're saying. A lie is intentional. Yeah? So if you lie, then you make <coughs> intentional stuff up in order to reach some goal in your head. This is not what is happening with, with ChatGPT because there is no intention of misleading you in a certain direction. It's just, it, it's not capable of giving a different answer because the probability that these words make most sense is calculated. So there's no, no, no uh, bad intention behind that. So I, I once read exactly this, this uh, argumentation which said um, ChatGPT is not a liar, it's a bullshitter. Yeah? So throwing out important sounding you, words which you know make why? sense and everybody is happy, that's like bullshitting, right? Yeah. It's, and you it's know why? It's, it's by design. It's because it's yeah. chat, GBT. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it's a conversational thing. It's, it's, it's right. a conversational thing. Yeah. When you start a discussion and someone asks a question and you actually you don't know, you're not sure, and you don't want to stop the, the interaction in between you and the other person, what are you doing? 50-50 chance that you're right, right? In a way. Or straight up tell, and this, the thing is doing it as well, to tell you I don't have that information. In this case, the chances just went wrong. And the question is, for me the question is not why is, uh, is ChatGPT answering this way, why is not the person on the other end of the chat checking uh, again if, if those cases are, I mean I don't want to put all the responsibility in here, but he's the lawyer. He right. doesn't sign yeah. off on stuff without checking first. Right. Now, obviously, he does. <laughs> I think in that he case, does, I think yeah. it's very straight up clear. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I'm still confused how how these very specific things can be made up. But yeah, yeah I think there are many aspects which actually should be taken into consideration. So first of all, uh, you say that uh, ChatGPT is uh, not the um, AGI has no conscious, yeah. Uh, Microsoft themselves have said in a paper that uh, they see sparks of AGI, so we should put that into, rela into relation. But of course, so let's put that into another tech review and into another discussion. <laughs> so so there, there is no bad intention behind that. I'm with mm -hmm. you. Um, but nonetheless, <clears throat> so this is really going, going far in, in asset, uh, creating sources. It would be more honest, actually, just saying... Um, by this tool, okay, I don't have the information, 
So I cannot tell anything about that. So that would be less confusing. And if you want to see ChatGPT as a tool, it would help the efficiency. Because otherwise, um, you could get into the trap, as the uh, lawyer did in this case, and some bad things might happen. So maybe he has ruined his like career or something because of that. So this yeah. he was taken yeah. off the case, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. The, the question is, whose fault is that? And I mean, this question is very important for all of us because we are using this tool also in our everyday life. And so are we liable for the, the errors that ChatGPT is doing? And I have an answer for that <laughs> and an opinion. That's a running gag within the tech review. But I, th <laughs> but I think the right approach is... Um, ChatGPT is a powerful tool, no question, and it uh, can be very useful, especially in our domain here, right? Um, but the thing is, I think you should be able, you should know how to work with that tool. Exactly. So yeah. if you have like two left hands, you should not use a hammer, right. and it's the same here. So you really have to know about this um, side uh, uh, condition that like ChatGPT is or might be hallucinating, might be inventing things and information, might throw up something which is just not true, which is false. Yeah. But so I mean, question, we, question, we do that, right. we just do know that because question. we're in that bubble, but he is like, use it for the first time, really like, okay, this is something that everybody's talking about, now I use it for my purpose, and I, I mean, of course he could have educated himself before he does, but I think it's quite a... Um, normal thing that happened to all of us probably weeks ago, months ago, um, <laughs> Wait a uh, to a lot of us, but now it happened to him now. Wait a second. Are you telling me... Question. Are you telling me that you basically want um, internet or Google or ChatGPT license before you start using those tools? Because with Google, it's for me the same. I put a question in there, Google answers. I um, take for granted or not whatever is in there. And either I put it then in my academic paper, and I'm happy that I'm done, or I just double check and triple check before I hand in my paper. Yeah, that's the difference. So when I do that with Google, with Google I mm -hmm. have like a spectrum, lots of answers, right? So I can mm -hmm. actually select, and I can also have a look at the sources, and I can consider if they are reliable mm -hmm. or trustworthy or not. Mm -hmm. And this is something which actually happens not with ChatGPT. ChatGPT just gives you one answer, bam, and that's it. And it gives you the impression that it is more or less talking to you, right, like a person. Yeah. And um, so, so you just take the answer. If you're not used to it, like the, like the lawyer did, and said, is that really correct? Yeah. And ChatGPT is more or less lying, saying, yeah, it is. Um, then you take that for granted, especially if you're not a technical person, right? If you do not have an idea of what problems might there be existing with a system like ChatGPT. Yeah. So in that sense, that's what I'm talking about. It should be clear, and, and now he was one of the first actually getting into that gap. The next lawyer will not do that. So everybody in the lawyer community will have heard about that, yeah. and the next lawyer will recheck that information mm -hmm. coming from ChatGPT. So we learn too. So absolutely. So it's, it's a learning phase which is coming up at the moment. Mm -hmm. So um, in that sense, a mindset set is to be created, right? Or has to be created. So that's definitely um, a precondition for working with these tools. And I think it will be created because of cases like this, mm. 
because others don't want to, to do the same failure. But did you know that this is actually configurable? This is something that probably most of you don't know who simply use ChatGPT in this general um, uh, user interface. But this model that comes up with stuff that uses certain parameters to decide how to generate this text and there's responses. And there's actually, um, you have the opportunity to to adjust the creativity of this model. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have like the best flexible conversation, you make it you make it creative because then it answers all of your questions with poetic answers and great stuff and stories about everything and you have like a wonderful conversation. That's a conversational engine. Is that what But we there see at are, Bing? Is sorry? that, is that the, what we see in the con uh, configurator when we open Bing chat? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that. you see creative, something in the middle, oh, yeah, that, that, that and accurate. Be, yeah, okay, okay, right. this, this might be it. Yeah. Right. So, so in, in, the, in the back end, it's called like warmth, and you can turn the warmth completely down, and you say, no, I don't want to have any creativity, I just want to have facts. And this means it will only answer with stuff that is literally somewhere hidden in this model. This is a very bumpy conversation, because most of the time it will simply answer like, yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. Yeah. But if you want to have like a fluent conversation, you want to have this creativity up. And this is exactly the problem. Because if you're searching for facts, then you don't want to have like poetic whatever answers uh, where half of it is just uh, made up. Right? Maybe if you want to confuse your yeah, right. listeners. But, <laughs> then, but then um, we're but back to the driver's license. Yeah, no, no, just to this point <laughs> first, then come back to the license. license. Um, You also have to know about that, right? Mm -hmm. if you, again, my point, if you yeah. want to use that tool, you have to know about how yeah. to use it. It is a tool. You have to learn how It's to like a car. Absolutely. So you, you know, have to know where the brakes are and... Yeah. But it, the, the crazy thing, we, ha we, we have to continue to the next article, right? But there, there's one thing that I'm always loving because when ChatGPT was introduced, it was introduced as the most powerful chatbot that ever existed. And that's true, yeah? And if you use it like that as a chatbot, a partner for conversation, it's amazing. But if you use it as a knowledge database, then you're using this tool wrong, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. We have a question from the, from the audience. Yeah, the question is, so is the interface wrong? Is the interface <coughs> wrong, the question is? Maybe the um, name even. That's yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe if, if um, in terms of UI design, you should have like a really big disclaimer in there explaining what you're about to do. This might make sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they do that right on the first page, actually. But oh. nobody reads well, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You remember, yeah. you have the, you have the yeah. columns yeah. where it says, yeah. take into consideration yeah. that the data is just up until 2021. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, okay, so punchline <laughs> is for that one, and um, then we move on. We need a chat license, a license to chat. Right? Yeah. right? In a way, we need to educate people. But yeah. People have yeah. to, to know. Super interesting, because, yeah, I am aware that there is this disclaimer, but I also completely ignore it every time I open the page. So, yeah, it's probably... Uh, all, all, wise, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> all no, right. I actually read through it once yeah. in November last year. Maybe. Because yeah. the page was stuck and mm. you had to watch it. Mm. <laughs> but we have more important news to discuss. And uh, even though we are leaving the realm of ChatGPT, we stay in the realm of generative AI. And there's more interesting stuff happening right now. And this article comes from Chris. Exactly. So this article is um, about also 
an AI-generated content, an AI-generated picture, actually, um, which led to the situation that one of the biggest um, stock indexes in the US, the S&P 500, um, went down, uh, crashed last week because of this picture. And what happened? So actually, um, nothing happened, at least not in reality. Um, but there was a picture going around the social medias, um, starting in Twitter and also some, exactly that one, also some of the uh, television stations actually picked that up. Um, and that is what we can see here. So it's the Pentagon covered in a big um, cloud of dark, thick smoke, um, like a bomb or something, right? So this was, as I said, going around the social medias and everybody um, who actually shared that thought the whole thing is true, but it was not, it was false, it was a deep fake in the end. And um, when that actually had been shared and published, that is what the whole thing is about, the S&P um, 500 actually fell by around, I think, 30 points uh, within minutes, and that pulverized 500 billion US dollars marketing, uh, market capitalization within these just some minutes, right? So just gone. Just by sharing an AI-generated picture. And what made the whole thing even more um, remarkable is that this had been shared also by Twitter accounts that had the um, blue tick certification. So that is actually um, a certification saying that the owner of the Twitter account is trustworthy and reliable and uh, has a broad reach and everything. Um, so after the, the fake actually had been um, recognized, the stock index came back, so it recovered. But the whole thing shows quite directly, so this is actually comparable with the, with the case before, that the, um, the plausibility and the perfection of these, in this case, deepfake images is, is so good that even professional editors actually jump or, or get into that trap and um, that when the whole thing actually is being published, it can be very um, disastrous. So as we have it here, 500 billion US dollars, so that's quite a, quite a number. And, um, but we also see that it's getting more and more difficult to distinguish between false and true. So that actually, for us as Axel Springer, also creates some kind of rising responsibility with all these technologies, with AI-created pictures, texts, as we have seen that. And uh, so it means we have to check and recheck again and again before we put something out there in the world. Of course, we want to be the first. Everybody wants to be the first. But you do not want to be the first, uh, the first who actually, um, so to say, fools the public, because then you're the first idiot, so to say. So that, that's really um, a thin line we are walking here. I, I'm, I'm laughing so much because um, there are so many aspects in the story yeah. that amuse me. And one thing is um, the deep fake aspect it does not really uh, surprise me. This is like the reality that we are living in right now. But the, the first thought that I had was, yay, capitalism. <laughs> and yay, Twitter with its blue check mark. So th those are the things that I find uh, way more amusing. Yeah? The, yeah, the deep fake stuff, this is like, 
Photoshop is yeah, out there, has been out there for some time. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we discussed the whole blue tick Twitter thing right. so many times, but it's like just another example. You said, like, distinguish between what's true and what's fake when it comes to the picture, but it's the same with the Twitter accounts because it's not a sign of being trustworthy anymore to have the blue tick. It's the exactly. sign that you took the money to pay for it to get it. But if it's if you're really trustworthy, um, it's not a you know. Will you get verified on Instagram? Just, you know, for the fun of it. If yeah, I for, would, for yeah, for instance, right, for the fun is, of it. If not, if she's <laughs> getting verified there, the question is if she's going to repost that picture. Yeah, that's we'll the question we got to ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that also, but actually, that exactly that comment shows the responsibility that we have. You mentioned it already. The responsibility that we have is individual because this did not happen because a big newspaper, one of our brands, one other brand to publish about it or talk about it before that, it was because individuals were posting it. Mm -hmm. So um, even though we are already aware, I mean, most of us are old enough to have a Facebook account and to be acting, act, <laughs> have been actively using it. Um, and there we already experienced the first, when, when more news became available there uh, and more pages were coming up, this was exactly the time where we had to understand that not everything is shareable content, not everything we want to share is something, or we, we, we think is shareable content, is actually de facto true. And I think now we're at this next stage where it becomes actually more tedious to be an individual creator. It becomes more, uh, more exhausting in a way because this is exactly what we have to do. We have to double check much deeper. So what you could say in a way is that we have to learn a lot of journalistic techniques as an individual just to be active and not only consuming. Um, and if we are only consuming, this would technically break then again the system of social. So therefore, we, we just have to learn those techniques to take part and to drive those platforms further yeah. for our own sake, for our own but entertainment sake. Which brings us back to Alex's driver's license. <laughs> yes. But honestly, how does that differ to I go to Instagram and post... Um, Nude pictures, let's say. I mean, uh, if it's whether it's it's uh, generated pictures or not, whatever I post, it's gonna remain out there, right? Sure. So even before ChatGPT, even before generative AI, you required kind of a I don't know common sense, you would say, then to use the internet. Mm -hmm. So for that, for me, I I would say, and I'm old enough to have had my a MySpace page, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can tell you whatever is out there is going to remain out there for some time. But, but Alex, because the trust is gone, um, we, can, we used to be able to click on a hyperlink on one of our friends' Facebook timelines and uh, see that newsun24.org slash whatever is not probably not a very reliable source, potentially. Uh, just like we, before the internet, were able to tell that information that came not via a public newspaper, but some whatever, a, a note that you were given is probably not trustworthy. Now, ex now ex uh, speeding up to here today, where now not this is only something that we need to check on. No, now we need to even try, question if we can trust our own eyes or own ears, because there's a filter, there is a... Uh, a picture of some sort. And, I mean, we all know those compilations of fakes, of pictures that are 
horribly ugly, very badly faked, whatever. Too many fingers. What, yeah, more. <laughs> yeah, more fingers. I don't know. Um, Unusual. Yeah. Um, no, we all know those, and that these are fun, but these are just a very, very simple uh, <laughs> example of what's happening now, where now we have these problems. So yeah, it is in a way like before, but on a totally different scale. And that's what's dangerous, and that's why we need to learn those techniques, bringing back to the driver's license. But I think, Taro, you have a license already, right? In, in license. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about this um, uh, b beforehand. I actually, in the 90s, I had something like a, like a training that was called the Internet Driver's License. That was back in the day where the Internet was still <laughs> something very new, and you had to learn how to use the browser to get information and stuff. And I still have like a certificate for like <laughs> module seven of the international dri internet driver's license or something. Yeah. I'm that old. I'm old enough to have a Facebook account, yes. No, but the question <laughs> is... No, but Facebook or MySpace? To <laughs> Both. <laughs> I think I still have it. But to make it real, I mean, the question is, isn't that something that we should now immediately, immediately educate in school? Yeah, because and of course we have to acknowledge that this is the reality that we are living in right now. So um, things that we see in videos and pictures and texts, um, the basic assumption must always be it has been fabricated in some way. And um, the the big challenge for us in tech, especially, is to find ways to validate the stuff, to invent something like a blockchain-based watermarking system or something like that, or actually use uh, uh, AI technologies to detect traces of uh, manipulation or these things, right? So it's, it's not only the challenge of faking stuff, but it's also the challenge of, not unfaking, detecting fakes and, and validating these things. And um, I think we are now the generation that has to learn to deal with these things. I could imagine that the next generation, they will grow up with this knowledge that stuff that you see has been, they are just bits and bytes that has been assembled somehow, yeah? So if you see a picture, you don't necessarily assume that it is real. It's just a picture. It can be anything, right? And so th this is probably the, the big challenge. I think that's perfect then to, you know, like jump off and... Um, right. Into the internet. Into oh. the internet. <laughs> <laughs> go, go back. Don't forget your driver's license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, invent something like uh, the drivers, uh, the internet driver's license 2.0 or something. Yeah. I will think <laughs> of a name and I will ask ChatGPT whatever they... Right. What yeah. we have to put in right. there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. To get it. Yeah. I think we're out of time. Yes. Exactly. Mm? Yeah, so thank you so much also uh, for the questions from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> this was Tech Review 64 uh, with Chris, with Vincent, with Alex, with Henrike and with me, Tarek. And I, uh, I'm still sad that I forgot to introduce us uh, in the very beginning. But at and least it's the first time we finish on time. We never yeah. manage after 30 minutes. We are so day. punctual. <laughs> we are so German and punctual. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's so, go back to work then. Yeah, and you can find uh, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube and everywhere where you find podcasts. So uh, feel free to check us out and see you and hear you next time on the internet and latest in one year back here on the stage, right? Hopefully. <laughs> now we have it on tape. She cannot exactly. back off. I said hopefully. Back out. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah thank so you. thank you very much. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you to Chris, Vincent, Alex, Henrique, <laughs> and Tarek. So now